He was like looking at me, contemplating it. Yeah, when you like, said it, like he's saying something deep. That if if my per- oh my personality was just a lot. That was what it was. My personality was just so much. Like it was like too much. Like I'm too animated when I talk. I'm too like excitable. And I like fucking ate it up and like swallowed it and digested that shit and then pooped it out. And but still like it, I took the nutrients from it. Do you know what I mean? Is that a good analogy? Yeah. Well, everybody, here we are. We have almost all but made it. New Year's Eve Eve. New Year's Eve Eve. A day that for some of us, I think, this year maybe seemed like, will we get there? I don't know. I mean, will we? There's still time. There's still time, Shantira, and you know what? That is a real good point. That is a real good point. There's still our time. Let us not have hubris. Well, I have no hubris at this point. Guys, welcome <laughs> to Busy Phillips is doing her best. I am Busy Phillips. I'm joined by Casey St. Ange. I'm joined by Shantira Hi. Jackson. Hello. And I would say that doing your best is one of the themes of 2020. Today, we're going to do a little bit of a recap. We don't have anyone to talk to, no interviews happening, because we wanted to just talk with you guys, you, yeah, you, folding your laundry, (laughs) taking your walk in your car, trying to get a moment of fucking peace in this damn world before midnight, tomorrow night, when the clocks change and probably not much else for a while. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, like <laughs> let's a, not get let's not get it's, crazy. It, no, it's also it's very arbitrary. It's also a very weird time. Just like even if we weren't doing pandemic stuff, like the first happens, but then like you don't go to work for like three days. It's like just like a weird be like. All right, it's the new year, so I guess I'll just like I'll wait till Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I. I super hate New Year's Eve. I like one time I said it was like the holiday equivalent of not knowing what to do with your arms. Yeah. Like, what are you supposed to do? You just wait. It's just like you wait and you wait for there to be a party. But this year it's just like. But also I have uh, fallen asleep a many a time before that ball. (laughs) I was just thinking (laughs) yesterday, Shantira, I don't remember the last time I stayed up past midnight really like with well at work I was working but like if I had my way I would have been asleep (laughs) (laughs) at least an hour earlier I just Um, be tired (laughs) we're tired I just and it's it's just weird. It, New Year's Eve is weird. I used to love it when I was a kid because it was my parents' wedding anniversary for the 10 years that they were married. They eloped on New Year's Eve. So it was always like a big family party where we'd get Chinese food at my grandparents' house. And like, but yeah, I mean, post my parents getting divorced, <laughs> New Year's Eve is just a real bummer. <laughs> That's really heavy. <laughs> really heavy one because i was like i don't know i just you know the last time i really thought about uh new year's like i was like whoa it's new year's was i was really young it was 1999 
And I remember yeah. staying up and being like, oh, my God, I have to be awake <laughs> for it to turn year 2000. And then it like happened. And then I think that like NBC had the ball drop and they played Prince. And I was like, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. And then it was like 1202. And I was like. I was like 12. So like I wasn't kissing anyone. There was nothing to do. My parents were fully asleep. And then I was like, this was important. And that's the last New Year's where I've been like, <laughs> I got to be awake. <laughs> okay, wait. I have a question. Oh, my gosh. Did you, um, did you think that Y2K, that like you, it was all going to, the world was going to like implode? I was curious to see what was happening. Because I uh, I knew that like my parents weren't like buying a bunch of food and like hoarding or anything. Mm -hmm. It was just like, and also this was like when computers were kind of popular in school. So in mm -hmm. 1999, I was 12. So like I was in middle school and like we were having computer class and it was like a lot of talk of like all oh, the computers are going to be like Oregon Trail for real. And we were like, whoa, we're going to come <laughs> to school. All the computers are going to be broken. And um, we uh, nothing was broken. Like I, I remember just being like, oh, the lights are going to go off. I want to be awake. Something's going to happen. And then like nothing happened. I went to sleep. We went back to school and everything was fine. So I was just like, oh, OK, well, all those people was wrong. And then I just kept going, kept going uh, Casey, to seventh grade. <laughs> I mean, Casey, you were pro presumably living in New York City already. Yes, I was at my mom's house in Massachusetts, but I, Shantira was 12. I had a baby. <laughs> I had just had a baby in 1999. Wow. And so I just remember I put him in a little 1999, <laughs> like space age onesie so and just stared at him like he was on the floor of my mom's condo asleep. And then I just stared at him as it became the year 2000. I went to a party in Los Angeles with a bunch of friends that Mike White from Freaks and Geeks was throwing. I wore a really unfortunate hot pink sequined cowboy hat. That's cool. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. That's cool. What? Were those sunglasses? I, yeah. Those were Gemma Styles' sunglasses. Like her brand. Oh, really? Oh my goodness, guys, I was <laughs> sent some free shit and apparently one of the things I was sent were these sunglasses that are way too small for my face because, you know, I got the biggest face of all time. Birdie just marched in here interrupting the podcast <laughs> to let me know that the sunglasses Hi. were by Gemma Styles, Harry's sister. Ah. So. Does Gemma make any um, door locks? <laughs> I'm like deadpanning at you right now. <laughs> I know this is a podcast and those at home can't see, yeah, but I'm just, I just dead deadpan. And my <laughs> rabbit is thriving. <laughs> Your rabbit is vibing in the background. Yeah, I saw she, Bunny she hop by. Uh, having a family in an apartment in New York City is, uh, my my. <laughs> you have my complete respect. <laughs> We've been having like, I have to say, a uh, was thinking yesterday about like this. Obviously, we're all doing a bit of reflection, I should yeah. imagine. <laughs> if you're not, also, though, that's fine. You don't have to if you want to be like, I, mean, I don't, I don't want to look I, back. I get it. 
Because, like, some people have some <laughs> fucked up shit happen to them. And th- you know what? If I was you, you ain't got to reflect. Just don't I would say I would say yes. Yes, of course. However, I do think that there's validity for all of us in this collective moment to to think. I mean, just just to, like, process. You know what I mean? Because oh, yeah. even if you were a person who like had the most fucked up shit happen this year. You lost someone to COVID or you were in the, I mean, there's so many, you lost your job. I don't even fucking know. Like there's so many people have struggled in so many different ways. The bingo card is, uh, we should retire it. People are like, I didn't have this on my bingo card. This ain't bingo. There's nothing. No one had anything. (laughs) Right. Well, it's (laughs) also like, it's also like, I guess, did you guys watch soul yet? I yeah. did. I yeah. did Ugh. watch Soul. I watched Soul I and it. Wonder Woman. I loved it. I loved Soul. I didn't watch Wonder Woman yet, but I never saw the first one. But it's does it okay. matter? It don't. It's all right. Don't no, neither one of them make matter. too much. I mean, sense. <laughs> yeah. It's just like whatever. you know what I, I was saying. Like Soul, we can talk about Soul. The one thing I want to say about Wonder Woman is everyone's you know saying like, oh, it was terrible. It didn't make any sense. Here's what I will say about Wonder Woman is that it was in a way like such a mess that I appreciated it because it wasn't formulaic. Mm. I was okay. like, it's, I won't say it's good, but I didn't know what was about Interesting. to happen. Yeah. I don't think so it's Because like, I finished it and I wasn't mad. You know what I mean? Because I know yeah. that I've watched movies and I've been like, what the fuck? And I have <laughs> left the movie before and I can't remember which one it was, but it was in LA and... I thought the movie was like a comedy and it was going to be like an hour and a half, you know, a tight 90. And we put money in the um, meter. And then at an hour and a half, the movie was still going. And then we were like, we, d- we should just go to the car. So I, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was cool. And like, I only saw one white man, really. And that was Chris Pine. And of the white men that I get to see, I was enjoying him. I mean, he's, he, everybody knows that, Chris Pine is like if you're if you have to be a white man he's, he's like, like one of the one of the the best white men to be he's one of the yeah top two Chris's. absolutely who's the I other think, one Evans for sure I think Chris Evans and Chris Pine are like neck and neck they, one and they two flip-flop. in terms oh, of yeah Chris's. Evans is cute too right yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. like good like yeah. not problematic Ish. That we know of. Yeah, I, think I always say that know. we know of. I'm that we know yeah, of. Exactly. That's never <laughs> going to be surprised. We'll never be surprised. Nah, never going to be surprised. But the- if you watch Wonder Woman, it, uh, it, there's a fa- he just looks good in clothes. And I said this before. Yeah. I was like, you know, what I'm going to take away from this is I think I'm trying to dress like Chris Pine in 1984. <laughs> it's just like cool sneakers, comfortable pants, a fanny pack. I'm on board. I love that. I love that for you. I like that evolution of your style. It feels like a natural progression. Thank you. I'm here for it. Thank you. I can't wait to see 2021 Shantira. I have the I have the same size boobs as Chris Pine now, so I'm gonna make some moves. <laughs> Honestly, probably. Wait, I'm making sure that my door is closed. Yeah, my door is closed. Um, yeah. But anyway, like his I just pecs, his pecs and my boobs are about the same size. Yeah. Well, he works at that, you know. <laughs> Um, I just feel like, I don't know. I just feel like there's, there are things to take away even in this and especially in this kind of year. Like it's never the years where like 
shit's great. You know, that like you can walk away having, I mean, generally having learned something or feel like you've had like a greater understanding of some big question shit. And like I brought up the movie Soul because I feel like that movie coming out this year, I mean, obviously those Pixar movies take fucking forever to make, right? You know, like- Yeah, absolutely. It's not yes. like that movie was just like slapped together during COVID so, because they want, they know people are like struggling with sort of the bigger existential they questions probably right now. started that movie uh, Midnight 1999. Like truly. <laughs> <laughs> they started breaking least, the story. <laughs> they started Seven or eight years ago. <laughs> I just feel like, I mean, I just feel like it's the timing of it is sort of perfect for this moment. Um, Absolutely. If you guys haven't watched it, you can watch it for sure. It's streaming because we're not going to movie theaters because there's still a pandemic, guys. Um, And I know a lot of people are saying like, oh, I don't have it's on Disney Plus. I mean, when you think about it, you could just subscribe to Disney Plus for one month and it'll be like cheaper than if we could go to the movies. If you're really in a tight spot, subscribe for a week. Make sure you set an alarm and unsubscribe, baby. Get that free trial and keep it moving. That is a (laughs) hot tip. I love that. Um, Well, I thought the movie was really fantastic and it... um, it's a Pixar movie. And, you know, I like the evolution of Pixar. Mark and I had a little bit of an argument about it because he felt like he preferred when Pixar was more allegorical and using, like, toys and puppets to mm-hmm. tell big picture stories. And I like I like Inside Out. And I like this movie, which literally deals with people's souls and, like, what does it mean? And why are we here and what does it mean to have like a spark and what does it mean to have passion and what is your life? Like what is your fucking life at the end of the day? And um, because I also thought what is so great about it for me is that they didn't answer any questions. They sort of left it open. Like you can have discussions about what you take away from it, but they also do not leave you like sobbing hysterically at the ending, which I greatly appreciated. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm I hate those fucking kids movies where you're just like devastated. Well, it was the first time well, they, they stayed true to form where one of the lead's car- parents was dead. Like that is never gonna change. One of the parents of a lead has to have passed away. Uh, <laughs> in all these cartoon movies, that guy's dad. Uh, that probably just like budget yeah, at this yeah. point. But, like we're not going to animate a whole, a whole But also yeah. he's an adult. So it's like, it's, I mean, he's like a full, full fledged grown up. So it's not like, it's not super, as bad. It's not like Bambi's mom being like shot in front of right. her. Yeah. Right. But uh, it's Him? like, okay. Is a boy? I, I, Guys. I, I think so. I think but so. in my mind, right. Bambi's a, a baby, a baby girl. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dumbo is a baby girl <laughs> please Disney people do not come at me I know the truth but this is just what I they're babies all baby animals are girls to me so that's just something about me <laughs> well gender is a, a gender is a construct so if why I do like, it's a construct. if I see an owl and it's a baby I'm like look at that baby girl owl and then if I see like a full fledged <laughs> owl I'm like that's a man owl so <laughs> <laughs> you have like Come from animal confirmation yeah, it's bias. Like, I'm like, oh my God, that owl is so big. Or if I see an owl's legs, I'm like, that's a man owl. 
Well, I posted a picture of my dogs on Instagram and somebody was like, oh, he's so cute. And I was like, it's a she. And then the person was like, oh, my God, I'm sorry for misgendering your dog. And I was like, it's yeah, we're good. Day. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's all right. Well, she's not after mad. we watched Soul. Speaking of which. So after we watched Soul, I took a bath and then um, the bath is still broken and my in the primary bedroom where like our bedroom bathroom which is you know for me it's a real fucking bummer um again a new york apartment life my heart goes out i don't even want to talk about (laughs) it but um (laughs) but i so i had to go i went into the girls bathroom and i was taking a bath in there and then i just like heard harry styles fine line playing really loudly on repeat (laughs) and if you guys don't know that song it is a bit of a sad banger and um and then i got out of the bath and went in and the lights were all out and bird was lying just like on the floor in the dark listening to fine line on repeat and I had a real flash of myself as a preteen she's slash teen. She's really a teen. Like she really a real is teen. a teen. She's a real teen. <laughs> yeah. Uh-uh. And so I laid down on the floor as well. And I was like, are you all right? Like, do you want to talk about anything? And Birdie said, it's just, I feel like I'm alive but I'm not really living, you know? And I just want the living part to start. And I got really emotional because I said, well, first off, welcome to being my daughter. (laughs) But I want to say this to you because I wish somebody would have said this to me. Like, This is living. You can't wait for it to start. You can't think when I move to LA and I get that TV show, that will be, then my life will start. You can't think, that was what I thought, guys. That's not what she's thinking. (laughs) You can't think like when I, if, if only I can get to X, like then I'm going to start living. If only I can get married or whatever, whatever it is that you have in your head, that that's going to be the marker. Right. And, um, and I really understand, I really, really get it. Cause I always like lived my life waiting for the future, you know? Yeah. And this year having all this shit happen and, being forced to stop and just sit with what my life is. I realized like that I did waste so much time fantasizing about a thing. So many things (laughs) that I thought were going to like make me feel a different way. And the way that I feel like that's just me. And I need to, I did, I had to face it and figure out how to move, how to sit still. I don't know, not how to move forward, how to sit still in it, how to like sit in it. And um, 
And I said to her, the other thing I want to tell you that I wish I had known is that like, you get to build your life however the fuck you want to. And it doesn't have to look like anything you've ever seen or anything that's ever been modeled for you because maybe it doesn't exist. And you get to choose like what makes, what will make you feel fulfilled and happy. You know, it doesn't have to be any of these constructs that like, we've all been fed our whole lives. This is a different world that work yeah. that you get to fucking build. Anyway, it was pretty intense. And also I love that kid. And this has been a fucking wild year. And you know, I feel like I finally just really understand a lot of bigger things life-wise. Also, Bird said, um, I said, you know, Bird, I've been doing a bad job with the pronouns because Birdie said that they would like their pronouns to be they, them. And I haven't been doing it. And I said, because like I have this, um, public persona and I want Birdie to be in control of their own narrative and not have to answer to anybody outside of our friends and family if they don't want to. Mm -hmm. And then Bird was like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would, I, you can talk about that I'm gay and out. You can talk about my pronouns. I That would be cool with me. That's great. So I said, okay, I'm just, I'll, I can talk about it on the podcast. And Bernie was like, <laughs> and Bernie was like, yeah, talk about it on the podcast, mom. I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Threw my phone on the ground. Sorry. Anyway, so, um, yeah, it's been wild. So Bertie, my out kid, prefers they, them. I fuck up sometimes. But we're, I'm trying my best at that too. I mean, it's a lot of kids out here who their parents are not trying at all. <laughs> if anything, they're yeah, doing the opposite of trying. Say. So like... Also, it's really hard. It's not even like, obviously, I'm not a parent and I never will be, but I'm a fun black aunt. I think that um, one of the things, too, is that like I'm like, like woke enough and queer enough or whatever. But like when you meet someone and their pronouns are like she, her and you've known them and you did improv with them for like fucking 12 years, 15 years, 20 years or whatever. It is an adjustment, not because I'm like a bad person. It's just like a habit. And then like I am actively, I will actively break that habit. But it's a hard thing to do. If it wasn't hard, I think people would be better at it. Like that's just like as simple yeah. as it is. But it's like no matter who you are, like you've known, like literally you gave birth to Birdie. And then when Birdie came out, you were like, you you use a specific pronoun and now you're doing your best and you will get great at it and it'll become second nature but it's just like any other muscle any other new language any other thing you yeah. are 
rewiring your brain. You keep writing your maiden name. Like if you change your, it's muscle yeah, memory. Right. But you know what's so great about Birdie is Birdie is so strong and Birdie speaks up about things that are important to Birdie all the time. I even know that and I'm not Birdie's mom. And that's amazing. And uh, just applause. Also, uh, if we're, I would just say like one of the things too that I've learned is if you mess up, just fix it and then continue. Uh, and then also one of the things that has helped me with making sure I get it right or not get, get pronouns right, but like to not get it wrong is to say practice at home. I like say that person's oh. name and then uh, use sentences where I say, oh, they are or uh, they're coming or like they were there. Uh, and like I'll try to connect that part of my brain to that pronoun. And also I will actively try to say their name instead of a pronoun, which is something that I've been trying mm -hmm. to do for people in general. Like I'm not yes. trying to put a pronoun on any person and like when I instead of ladies and gentlemen or uh you guys I say you guys a lot but if I'm with a group of people I have been trying to say I say y'all all the time but like I say folks I'll be like all these folks, folks. and um so like <laughs> I've been trying to like like during the pandemic it's a thing that I've been like trying to uh work on because during this pandemic I have had a lot of friends like really do a lot of reflection and realizing that like they do not fit the pronouns that I've known them from since, you know, we were 22 years old and fucking drunk in a bar doing improv. So during this time, I've had a lot of friends be like, that is not who I am. This is who I am now. And I'd be like, great, I'm not going to see you for a year when I see you. I'll have worked on it. So I think that that is a thing that you can actively be doing uh, if you want to be a better ally. Because I think that even when you don't have a non-binary person or uh, in your life, it's like, oh, like just because you are, don't necessarily actively live with a non-binary person, you should still be trying to get the vocabulary that is new to you. And that's work on your part. Like you don't have to like sit in a room with a non-binary person and practice with them. That's fucked up. So practice on your own time. <laughs> but this is, but that's such a great fucking point, Shantira, because I do think as we all reflect on this year, and I think for a lot of people, they have had their first glimpses of being woke mm -hmm. and maybe some of the people listening to this podcast and I know I've seen I've had people say to me on my own like what do, what do you mean do the work what do, like what am I doing like tell me what to, you know they're like tell yeah. me what to do and and a lot of times the answer is like fucking figure it out yourself but then you're literally saying here's some work like here's a thing you can do this is like it's practice. really hard I like mm -hmm. don't right. I know like two straight people and it's y'all <laughs> <laughs> and, and like every day y'all are getting a little bit gayer I know it so it's one of those things where it's like I like am like not actively a lot of times with people who are struggling a lot with this but like I have conversations with a lot of my like queer and non-binary friends and I'll just be like um like I'm working on it but like I'm not it's not their burden to bear for you to figure right. out how to say they, right. them. <laughs> like, right. Nor is it, you know, nor is it their burden to have the conversation with you. Why? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Right. You just be like, okay, right. that's the thing that I'm going to work on. And right. if you find that like, this is hard too. If you find that you're like, I don't want to do that. 
Well, you got it. You should go to therapy and talk about it because that is some <laughs> other shit that you should probably get to the root of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I was going to say, Shantira, if I know something, if I've learned something and someone is genuinely asking for help, I will try to share what I know and try to be honest about what I don't know. But I do hear so many people, as you were saying, busy saying like, I don't know what the work is. And I'm like, that's okay. But also I see you putting in a lot of work into resisting something. So I see you thinking of reasons why you can't do something, Mm. why you don't want to do something, why you shouldn't have to do something. And that's a certain amount of work as well. It's more work. So, (laughs) yeah. So to, to say, like, I'm unfamiliar with what the work is or, you know, like... It's right. It is right there. It's there to hear about and to learn about. And if you are honest with yourself, I think a lot of times you'd realize that you're putting in a lot of work to stay the same. Yeah, I think that's such an interesting point, Casey, that I have never thought about, which is like, you're right. Like all of these X, Y and Z's that these people that these people, these fucking people (laughs) that people white people who are like, I don't get why, what the, it's like all of those things are work. You're doing work to try to justify a thing. So figure it the fuck out, I guess is my point. Well, no, I really, I just really appreciate you putting it in that way because I've never even thought about that before, but that makes so much sense. It's a lot of work and I really appreciate Casey saying that because like I had a weird situation where this like old white male was like it's generational why can't I do this and I was like it's generational to think that you can't also like then don't do it don't honestly I'm like, don't talk to I'm pe- like don't talk to non-binary people leave them alone <laughs> just leave them alone <laughs> you're like bitch you're the greatest generation why don't you try being great yes, truly thank you you know what is so weird what? is that when I was a little kid, I had this, I don't, I, I don't even know if it's like an official thing. I had like a type of face blindness where when I would go to like first grade, first day of first grade, all of the kids looked the same to me. Like I just couldn't tell any of the girls <laughs> apart from each other. I couldn't tell any of the boys. My entire year of first grade, I could not differentiate between who was Chris, who was Joshua, who was they. Uh, and so I, is that face blindness? I don't, I don't even know. Little white kids do be looking the same though. Honestly, yeah. all kids look the same. <laughs> they just look the same. Unless they're yours, they all look the same. They all look I, the same. I've, <laughs> I've said this before, but you guys, Isla Fisher and Sasha Baron Cohen's kids, Ike Baron Holt and his wife's daughters, and my kids, like interchangeable. They're all interchangeable. <laughs> You can look up pictures of them online. I'm telling you, they all look the same. Yeah. My point in bringing it up is that as a little kid, I would, I think because I thought I could be talking about any boy in my class, I would, I would always use they as a pronoun. So I would say they pushed me (laughs) and they took away my blocks. And I remember so much effort into going that went into explaining to me, no, you mean he, no, you mean she. And now I'm so annoyed because if everybody had just left me alone in first grade, <laughs> you I would have been so far ahead there. of the curve now. Also, it's, just calling it's everyone not wrong. They. It's not, it's like also to be corrected in quotations mark for something that is like not, like it's not improper grammar. It's like not wrong. <laughs> 
Um, listen, I don't know. Shaving's not the most fun activity. I don't know about you. And I've noticed uh, since I've been here on the East Coast in this very, very cold climate that, you know, there have been some struggles. And all of that has changed now for me. I got my latest Athena Club delivery just the other day. And I went ahead and just shaved my legs with that uh, cloud shave foam um, and my Athena Club razor, which I love. The refill came as well. Just got that new, popped the new razor head right on there, used it. And I feel like it really gives a very close shave and it soothes my skin in the process and there's no razor burn. And close shaves mean you have, don't have to shave as often. So that's great. Um, Athena Club is amazing. We've talked about it a lot before. We just are fans. It's expertly designed. The razor specifically is expertly designed with the sharpest patented blades on the market. And the revolutionary water activated serum has shea butter and hyaluronic acid. So maximum hydration, soothing shave, even in these winter months. And the best part, the razor kit is only $9, which includes two five-blade razor heads, your choice of a razor handle color, and a magnetic holder for easy storage. And the new blades shipped regularly. I've never run out. Um, And in fact, I just got my just got my delivery a couple days ago. Um, Athena Club also has a bunch of other self-care essentials like natural deodorant, body lotion, and face wipes. And they're offered in bundles, which is fantastic because then you just get the things you need. I love a bundle. So for the smoothest, closest shave all year long, do what I did. Switch to Athena Club. Sign up today and you're going to get 20% off your first order. Just go to athenaclub.com and use the promo code BEST. That's A-T-H-E-N-A-C-L-U-B.com with promo code BEST for 20% off. Bev, Bev, Bev. This is a true story from me to you. The last two nights in a row, I have made myself a cocktail with Bev. That is delicious. And I'm going to tell you what it is right now. First of all, I love Bev. To me, you know, it's always important to support female founded and run businesses. Um, Bev is a female first canned wine brand that was founded to change not only the way a product is consumed, but the way an entire industry and culture has operated for generations. I'm a huge fan of these people, of these women. I love them and I love their product. So uh, Bev is breaking norms, creating something from the female perspective that's approachable and fun and consumer centric. So here's what they have three varietals, Rosé, Soft Blanc and Pinot Gris. Um, And there's a limited edition, extra fizzy, sparkling white wine for the holidays. What? So all of the wines are dry and crisp and a little fizzy and they're super refreshing and delicious. So the last two nights, here's what I've been doing. I've been going with the fizzy Pinot Gris and it's a little fizzy. And then I add a little bit of Aperol and some ice and then a little bit of soda water. And I mean, I'm just doing it. 
You know what I mean? This is like, it's just delightful and a nice cocktail. (laughs) It's like a cocktail, a wine tail. Anyway, there's zero sugar and only three carbs, 100 calories per serving. And the cans are cute and tiny, but each can is a glass and a half of wine. So it's perfect for when you don't want to open a whole bottle of wine just for yourself. Um, Their four packs are perfect and the cutest little holiday gift for everyone on your list. I guess it's New Year's now, so send them around. Bev ships straight to your door and the shipping is always free. I also love the rosé. Anyway, we've worked out an exclusive deal for the busy Phillips is doing her best audience. That's you. Receive 20% off your first purchase plus free shipping on all orders. I suggest trying out the best-selling ladies night variety pack so you get to taste all of their delicious varietals. That was what I did first and then I zeroed in on the my faves. Um, go to drinkbev.com slash busy or use code busy at checkout to claim the deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-B-E-V dot com slash busy. You're not going to regret it. I love me some Bev. Here's what I'm going to say that has been sort of, and I think we kind of, we did kind of talk about this the other week. Like it's been sort of my one of my realizations along with so many things. Um, But that part of like true equality, gender equality, and in the fight as a feminist and trying to have like intersectionality and all that, it never fucking occurred to me that what we really have to do is like, get rid of pronouns totally yeah we should just why just, yeah why are we using them so like me and my friends had like a real like sit down discussion like me and a bunch of queers and we were like just like destroy the binary okay so like we decided like we decided like i'm in fucking charge but we were like what and what instance where is it easier just to be like oh, just like i will check a box and i'm like have you ever been to the dmv ever and then, like, you get finally get to the front of the line. And in order to get your license, they're like, what do, box do you want to check? And it's like, is this non-binary person going to explain this to this lady at the DMV? It sucks because it's, like, literally sacrificial to, like, who you are as a human being. But the way that our society is set up is, like pronouns because also there's like hundreds we fuck with like two and like try to add another one and people are freaking out but there's like hundreds of pronouns this is like informative to me but like there's like people who they're called gender fucks and they want to go by it just think about the fact that there are people in the world who like think gender is so fucked that they they want they demand that you call them it so like you're wrapping your head around they imagine a fucking gender fuck showing up at the dmv and being like put it on my license we don't have the time right now (laughs) (laughs) and that is a thing that's like everybody deserves that but we are in a country that is not able to provide that right now so but it is important to be the type of person who fully understands that it is all in that it's like a made up thing that 
is a construct, but recognizing that like you got to go through TSA. Are you going to tell TSA about your non-binary experience? Or are you just going to fucking check the box so you can go see your parents? And that is one of the things that like people sacrifice. But yeah, just blow it all up. Right. <laughs> Right. And it it's a made up thing, but it's also like the the values that we've assigned to mm-hmm. it totally affect your entire right. life. Like I, I've said this on the podcast before. I know firsthand that I've gone into meetings and had people say, oh, you're a woman mm-hmm. to my face yeah. because my name is gender neutral. And like you might as well have said, I would not have called yes. you here. Like the amount of shock on yes. your face right now, you might as well say to me, I, up. Yeah. I wouldn't have, yeah, I wouldn't have had this meeting with you if I knew. Right. And oh, I think you're a woman. I think that for maybe if you're listening and you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Gender as a construct. What are you talking about? It's like, it's, you know, you know that there's some, you know, that there's a woman right now, a person, you know, there's a person right now listening to this podcast and is like, these bitches are on one. What the fuck are they talking well, about? You want to know a, a way that I like to describe it? Cause I think that like when we talk about actual human beings that people, it gets messy and we make mistakes and I apologize if I've upset anyone. Uh, but I will say like, I think about borders, how like you think about gender and you're like, but uh, so many people associated with sex organs, but mm-hmm. which is a whole nother thing that we don't have sure, time sure. to talk about today. But think about borders. Borders, like, we see maps, but those are man, that's just land. And some man, usually man, decided that Texas looked like that, decided that France looked like that, decided that Russia was that, and that in that line, on that piece of paper, that that land is Russia. That's made up. That is all fake. And we have decided to (laughs) go about it and use passports and get permission to go to these places. But when you go to the bare minimum of it, we talk about America like being like a bunch of colonizers. But it's like, think about like, like colonizing land. It's like you showed up at a place that was called something else and then you redrew it and renamed it because that's a fake thing. So when you think about gender as a construct and you're trying to wrap your head around it, just think about the line that goes between Mexico and Texas. When you get to Texas, like you don't see a line drawn around Houston. It's fake. And we've decided to agree as a society that these lines are a county. So like if that helps you when you try to deconstruct the construction of pretty much everything in our entire society. (laughs) We've solved it is what I was about to say. We've solved it. (laughs) Also, I think I've like explained it to friends before who are questioning and maybe like a little resistant about gender being like a construct. It's like, just imagine in our constructed, our false construct of gender starting when we're babies, we're like girls are pink and boys are blue, you know? But can you imagine if you're a girl and you like the color blue, Can you imagine if someone told you like that's impossible for you to feel like the color blue is the best color? It's impossible because of your gender. Like those would be ridiculous statements, you know, like just it would be ridiculous to tell somebody that they can't have what they need based on a box that's been checked. Right. I will say that I think that, uh, Thing I I'm really you know I'm really hard on myself I'm really hard on mm-hmm. myself all the time about fucking everything, 
Um, Too hard. And especially parenting has been the longest fucking journey of my life these last almost 13 years. But one (laughs) thing that I look at these two people in my house and I can say that Mark and I have excelled at is allowing them to express who they are in the ways that they want to and however that manifests itself. You know, I did make a concerted effort when they were both babies to try to not follow the typical line, gender lines in terms of toys, clothing, whatever. Yes, I named Birdie Birdie and Cricket Cricket. I don't, I don't know. I, I, mean, I mean, those are, well, so, those, are those are creatures. Those are as far very, as I'm concerned, they're puppy names. Listen, I named that them, is I about gave them dog names. Gender neutral as you can get. It's that's what I'm like, saying. They're, these are, not even girl bird, bird, just bird. That's just that's bird. about as gender. Bird. That should be a fucking box to check if you feel like bird. <laughs> bird. A bird. Um, <laughs> and I do, I do see the things that they express and that they are into and I do see that it doesn't follow sort of any sort of typical gender lines but the amount of explaining in my personal life that I've had to do even with like super progressive friends for those of you who are my friends listening at home this is the first year hearing that Bertie is um gay and out Bertie told us at 10 years old and we immediately I mean there's I mean obviously I knew that Birdie knew and I we had conversations with close friends very progressive close friends whose first reaction was but is it real don't you think that like she'll probably change her mind And I always was just so blown away by that reaction. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, how do you not trust a kid to know who they are? And when I was 10 years old, I dreamed of making out with Ryan Hatch. And (laughs) there was another kid. Wait, who was the other kid? There were these two, two boys in my fourth grade class. And I just like would listen to Paula Abdul and like... Rush Rush was the song. (laughs) (laughs) And I would listen to my tape, my Walkman. And I would like, I was like, if only Ryan Hatch would kiss me. I was, (laughs) I was like 10 years, I was just 10 years old. I knew that I wanted that. Well, heteronormativity is seen. Correct. It's like, it's deemed like the, um, it's, I think about like when people say default. default. Yes. Like when people are like, Oh, African-American, Asian-American. But if you're white, you're just American. So there's always like a default. So like heteronormativity is so like the default that like if somebody was like, oh, I really like that girl, they'll be like, no, you don't. You don't know what you're talking about. But if some little girl has a fucking full-fledged notebook devoted to someone they've never met, people are like, yes, that's normal and right. Well, but what's so funny, what's so funny and part of what like Bertie and I talked about last night, which was... Soul, the soul conversation was two nights ago is that, you know, I've been putting on my Instagram 
Birdie's obsession with Timothy Chalamet and mm-hmm. Harry Styles. And Birdie has like an all-encompassing, like true fandom of mm-hmm. these bros. Yeah. And it is not... It's so wild because everyone's like, oh, the crushes and blah, 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 blah. And it's not, it's not not a crush. But as Birdie fucking said to me, because I was like, like a month, I don't know, a month or two ago. I was like, do you feel like maybe you have a crush on them? And I was, and Birdie goes, yeah, mom, of course I have a crush on T. Chalamet, but that, but it's not sexual. I don't want to, there's no part of me that wants to like make out with him. I have like an admiration. Like she literally broke it down. She's like, things can be, can exist and like not have to do with my sexuality. And I was like, oh yeah, Uh, good point. I mean, Chris Pine. Chris Pine. Yeah. It's very interesting because I think people probably think that they're comforting you, which is disappointing in a whole other way. 100%. Yeah. Why would you need to be comforted about knowing your kid is comfortable enough to say what their sexuality is to you? Their identity. Yeah. And like their 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 orientation. And so when people are like, it's just a phase, then that says like, a thousand things about that person yeah. that are like a bummer. It's the quiet, it's the quiet like, part that, you know, they say that you say the quiet part out loud. It's because everyone yeah. is like very woke and liberal liberal and chill and okay with everything until it's into, in their fucking house, in their community. And then all of a sudden it's like, we should feed the poor. Or oh, great, we're going to turn that building over there in your neighborhood into a place to feed the poor. And then all of a sudden people right. are like, I didn't mean like that. So <laughs> it's like, again, one of those instances where you have to it's really a, a lot of self-regulation because if yeah. your gut instinct when busy said that was to say that is a phase i hope it is a phase then it's like oh that's some stuff that you need to think about why you think that and we don't have time why you hope <laughs> that i just think that for anyone who at this point doesn't trust kids enough these fucking this fucking generation is basically going to like save the environment. They've like held march it. They're going to get some gun control passed. Like <laughs> I I am like I'm sorry. Like they're they're indigo children. They're like from another they have a higher something. I don't but know. We, There's a we, lot going yeah. on. I, but I, also I, like they have it because they had the information. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I was talking to one of my best friends who's a gay man and he was like I didn't fucking know when I was 12 years old what it was that I felt. I just knew that it was not in line with everything that I knew and was modeled. It sounds weird to say but like t- sometimes it, there is too much information. I think that I don't think this is like a thing that I read, but so many of us, we were that one kid in that city that we were in and we were like, I don't know what's going on. I got to get the fuck up out of here. And you like built your walls. You did what you had to do. And you were like, as soon as I leave, Busy talked about this, uh, like I'll, I'll begin my life in the future. Right. But what has happened now too? those children, a lot of times they will find the information and then they'll be trapped in a household full of adults who do not respect understand or uh are willing to like help them with that information now they google it they found out exactly who they are their identity and then it could be trouble so they're because they're <laughs> because they're in a place that's uh, where there's they, no acceptance that, there's and they, no acceptance and there's uh-huh. no danger so uh-huh. like you find out everything you need to know 
to be free and then you're trapped or you don't know what you need to be free but you're looking so i don't know that's just a thing that i read but also i just want to say about soul i really hope that everybody watches it get your disney plus because obviously everybody's kind of have criticism one of the things that I really loved about it and, and that I really live my life for is that like what you do is not who you are. Yes. As someone who's like a moderately successful writer, like people are all like, you're a writer. And I'm like, I'm Shantira and I write. And I think that there's like a very big difference. And that's why so many people achieve their goals and are very, very sad because they haven't, li I always say live a life. So like kids, people, not right now, uh, go on dates yeah. or like figure out stuff that you like. But so many people, their life is rooted in what they do and soul i think that obviously i think it, i kind of feel like it was a movie for grown-ups because a lot of that shit went over yeah. kids heads but i really loved the fact that he was like i got to do my dream and i was sad right. <laughs> i feel like a lot of us a lot of people had to come to terms with that realization Absolutely. this year i feel like casey i feel like you maybe have some feelings about that too yeah, for sure. I've said this before on the podcast, like it was my dream to become a TV writer. Mm -hmm. That's the only dream that I ever made for myself. And then it came true really young for me. I was 24. Yeah. I, and then I didn't bother to make any other dreams, you know? And so... I guess like what I just crossed my fingers for is that I would like continue doing that. And I have continued doing it for the most part. But then when there are gaps, which there always are, because that's the nature of television, it has really like pulled the rug out from under me because I'm like, who am I? And like, obviously, you know, I'm a mom and a wife and a friend and all of those things. But because of like the way that my brain is built, I don't place that high of a value on those things that are actually like very valuable. So, you know, so when I, the thing that I place a high value on is taken away, then I'm just like, what's happening? Like I'm, I'm in free fall. You and know? I feel like you had this year, like a lot of feelings like about, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't want to speak for you, but I just would say like, as you look back on this year, what are you like taking with you? Um, as I look back on this year, what I am taking with me is just that you can't, you can't count on anything, you know? And I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean, don't make assumptions about what your life will be or how other people will be toward you, what you have to do. I was just talking to my son about this, about how, you know, I love Oprah. We all love Oprah. Mm -hmm. So often people will ask Oprah, like, what's your secret? I'm sure you've been asked this a million times. Like, what's your secret, Busy? How do you do it? And often people, even people that I really super admire, super successful people, they always say, well, you know, you just have to keep at it and you just have to like never let go of your dream. No. And I'm like, that's not actually valuable because your dream came true. You know what yeah. I mean? So like, what would you know about not letting go of your dream? You got your dream. I need to talk to like the guy who loves to play piano, but is a garbage man about how he does yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like, because that's a guy that loves the piano and does what he has to do to 
make a living and to make his way in this world. And like, he may never become a famous piano player. You know, I think about my dad a lot. I'm a member of ASCAP, the American Society of Composers and whatever it is. When I worked at the Rosie O'Donnell show, I wrote song lyrics all the time and I was paid for writing song lyrics in addition to like writing comedy for her. And so I became a member of ASCAP. And when my dad passed away, I put my ASCAP card in his, um, in his, coffin with him before he was buried um, because that was my dad's dream to become a member of ASCAP. Like he wanted to be an official songwriter, but he was never able to get that because like for whatever reason, I don't know why. I don't know why. My dad never made a dime for writing songs, but you can't say he wasn't a songwriter. He wrote songs all the time. He performed songs all the time. He recorded songs all the time. So just because he didn't make a living at, you know, what was his spark doesn't mean that he wasn't that. Yeah. (laughs) I think Casey, you guys, I'm sorry. Casey just like made this face at us that was kind of wild and out of character for her. You like, like, we were all just like waiting. We were like, okay, we're going to let her do this. And then she finished and she was like, excuse me. (laughs) Like, that was a really great face. I appreciated it. But also I think that that's, I think that's fair. And I think that we have, look, in this, in this culture, this like celebrity obsessed culture, fame obsessed culture, money obsessed culture that we've created and been a part of and been participatory in, um, I think that a great deal of value gets put on those things as if that's the be-all, end-all to artistic expression or worth or, like, artistic worth. Yeah. You know? And, like, I think it's something to remember always for everyone that it doesn't I mean doesn't really mean anything you know what I mean like it's all made up it's it's all borders like (laughs) like gender fame is a construct yeah (laughs) um (laughs) you know and there's and there's and there is valuable art everywhere and and talented people and interesting people. And another thing that I really enjoyed about the movie Soul, guys, this is this this podcast uh, has been brought to you by the Pixar <laughs> movie Soul. The existence <laughs> of Soul. We um, wish. I know, really. Give us some of that Pixar money, Pixar. <laughs> um, but I appreciated the, I, the seed that's planted in it that, you know, something that's a love and a passion can also become an obsession and yeah. can, and can, and can be to your detriment, can be, can make you not interesting to other people, can like close you off from wanting to be, being curious about other people's interests. And, you know, that's to me at the core of fucking everything, like self-awareness is the key and, 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 a lot of people would benefit greatly from having a little bit more self-awareness in this, in this world. Um, also like, can I just say this? And this might sound like a real asshole thing, uh, but I'm going to say it. Um, 
some of some people need to give up. <laughs> this might I know everybody is always like keep fighting. This is if you want it, you'll get it. That is not true. Some no, people totally not true. also some people are not good enough. And I think that there are fully people who are great at piano, but they're not John Baptiste, who is also the person who wrote a bunch of compositions for soul. Uh, that music is so good. Too. It's so good. I thought it was it's like really incredible. And I think that there is uh, one of the things that I really learned. And also you might be good enough, but it might not be the thing you're supposed to do forever. Like there was a, there's an improviser that I came up with a performer, fantastic in Chicago uh, did Second City, did everything that you accomplished in a fucking Chicago theater, like won awards, uh, did a bunch of commercials, and then was like, I don't want, I, the goal that I had when I was 20 was to uh, uh, do equity theater, do commercials, and then after she achieved all of those goals, she was like 38, and then she became a nurse, and that's what she does now. <laughs> and it was like, yeah. Because it's over now. And that's okay, too. And I think that, like, that doesn't mean that, like, your dreams are, like, not valid. But, like, also fame is a construct. Everybody mm. doesn't get to be famous. But also, just because you moved to L.A. doesn't mean you're good enough. And that might be, like, an asshole thing to say. But I really think that there's so many people whose life would be so much better if they actively realize that the thing that they decided they wanted to do when they were 20 isn't the thing they're supposed to do for the rest of their lives. So I think that that's just uh, like, because also I went to do improv for the rest of my life. That was not right. a thing I should be doing. <laughs> so I always yeah. I always feel for people because, you it's, know, it's we hard. have so many. And I think it's like such an American thing. too. Yeah. How many people do you know that dreamed of playing in the NFL or the NBA or the WNBA? I personally know people that worked their whole lives to become like governor of their state or thought that they had an honest shot at being president. And then that window's like kind of there and it's like within reach. And then at some point that window closes and you realize that like this thing that you you've devoted your entire life to might not be the thing. And so, you know, that it's all, it's so weird. I feel like I'm high today. Because <laughs> everything we're talking about is so interconnected yeah. and, you know, talk about pivots. And I'm thinking of Michelle Kwan talking to us about how skating was her everything. And, but that's a limited window yeah. being a supermodel limited window of how long you can do that usually. And so, to then be able to pivot in a healthy way and apply the lessons that you've learned and be happy that it happened to you or or to be happy that it never happened to you, but you spent all these years doing this thing that you loved, you know, that's that's great. That is living now. Yes. You know what I mean? I'm so happy that I was a cheerleader in high school because it's like kind of useless as an adult <laughs> thing. And so like I knew that I always knew that I was kissing that goodbye in four years. You know what I mean? That like, I wasn't going to go on to become like a professional cheerleader. That wasn't like a consideration for me. But does it mean that everything I put into it during those years when I was doing it, all the gymnastics, all the injuries, all the competitions that I went to, all the money that I raised, does it mean that it was a waste? No, it taught me everything about how I wanted to be going through life for the rest of my life. I just think we're all collectively at a place where we get to reevaluate a bit the messages that we've allowed ourselves to take in about what's important 
And moving forward, I really do hope that there's like a collective shift in our consciousness of what this is, how finite it is, and and what matters and what and what we want, like ultimately what we want, you know? I had a really interesting talk with my therapist where she was like, I cannot tell you how many women and you are no exception busy. When I first, the first session that I see them, they sit down across from me and they say, well, I figured out what's wrong with me and I just need to like your help to fix it. And, you know, when you get into the work and you like go through it, it took me, this has been almost three years I've been working with my therapist. Shout out. I love her. Where I finally, literally last week was like, oh my God, there's nothing fucking wrong with me. Yeah. I'm allowed to feel however the fuck I want to feel. And that was when I, when you people talk about like therapy breakthroughs, I literally was like, oh, fuck me. This is a breakthrough. It never occurred to me that the way that I see certain things and process certain things and like feel a certain way was okay. I thought it was, there was something wrong with me for so many different reasons, for societal reasons, for personal reasons, for trauma reasons, for like all this fucking shit. And at the end of the day, like when all of this stuff has been stripped away and like I really got into it, the realization that I don't have to fix a fucking thing about myself. I can, I can exist with the knowledge of like, oh, I feel this way. This is also a part of me. I feel this way, you know, and moving like starting from that point now is, I have to tell you, bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I real Casey knows sort of even more than you do, Shantira, about like, like, especially like in the last several years, like how many times I've been just like sobbing, like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like this wrong with me. I talk about me being hard on myself, but like to really have this fucking eye, like opening experience where I had the epiphany helped guided by my therapist of holy shit. What if there's nothing wrong with me? And this, and what if I just accept that this is me and I feel these things and I feel this way. And like, is it complicated for other people sometimes? Yeah, sure. It can be. But like, how can I move through the world now with the knowledge that there's nothing wrong with me? I just have to acknowledge and embrace like that. This is how I feel. It's fucking pretty awesome. I think that one of the cool things about that too is like, we've talked about this before and I think that this has gotten like very serious, but I really enjoy it uh, about um, (laughs) anything that makes women powerful 
or feel good about themselves is deemed as something that needs to be fixed. So like if women go to women go to yoga to get strong and feel powerful in their body, people think it's woo-woo and stupid. Women like crystals because when they wear this amethyst, it makes them feel powerful. Men say that it's stupid. So like if a woman says that there is nothing wrong with me, there is nothing more powerful than a generation of women who do not feel like they need to be fixed. Correct. So, so I think that that is where we're at. We're at this generation. Like you guys are Gen X. I'm millennial. But like we are a generation of women, I believe, that truly uh, is like, this has been bad. I don't want the young ones to go through you this. Are. <laughs> this has been so bad. So I think we have been like, Gen Z, here's the thing. I do not know how to help you. But you are allowed to figure it out. And I feel like so many women, my partner does like breath work and energy stuff like Reiki. And every woman that comes in is like, I feel so powerful. I really think this work is helping me. My boyfriend says it's stupid and I should I stop. Mean. My husband, I can help everyone with my Reiki except for my husband because he thinks it's stupid. CrossFit is cool, right? But if a woman does fucking yoga, you know how much shit Jennifer Anderson got for doing yoga? Like, what the fuck did that have to do with you? You know, like... But right. it also made her feel strong in her body. She talked about how powerful it was. And a million, millions of women decided to do a thing that made them feel powerful. So I think that we are coming into these last nine months, a bunch of women being like, wait a minute, there's nothing wrong with me. And I think that this is a big tipping point because like that's powerful as fuck. So I that's all I have to say. <laughs> When you think about a lot of the things that get criticized, like you, all the things you're mentioning, Shantira, like meditation, crystals, astrology, yes. Pilates, just all of these things that are typically like, again, gendered as like feminine and woo. Like, I don't I don't know if astrology is like a thing. You know, you can spot a pattern if you're looking for a pattern. But what I do know is when I read my horoscope, I interpret it personally for me and it t gives me a minute to be thoughtful and introspective about myself. All of these things that women do that people dismiss, the common factor across all of them is that it gives women a, t a moment to be thoughtful like just to think about, you know, when you use a crystal and you imbue it with some power, you're also like setting an intention like how you intend to go forward in the world or when you like celebrate the new moon or whatever so it doesn't surprise me that people are dismissive of it because those people that are dismissive probably think being thoughtful is stupid as well you know so like so many people just walk through life not thinking about shit and that's the default yeah. and that is so it's so arrogant and also it's so hurtful because, you know, when you're not thinking about anything, you're not looking where you're going, like literally or emotionally. So if you're not looking where you're going emotionally, you're banging into people and you're hurting people. And then you're not thinking about that. And so you're just going through the world like a fucking bull in a china shop and not looking at the damage you're causing and it's like yeah maybe you should read a horoscope sir yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i yeah. send horoscopes to men all the time 
Well, it's also like, I think this is a thing. And like, also we're talking about gender. I mean, like obviously still a construct, but we still live in a society where the construct of being a woman is anything that women like people shit on it. But so many people who are like marginalized are minding their fucking business. Women put crystals in their purse they don't say shit to you. They go to their yoga. They just wear their yoga pants and get their fucking acai bowls. They're not saying shit to Correct. you. So many just little gays walking around being gay, not saying shit to you. It's always somebody has a problem with your power, with your joy, with you minding your business. And I think that that's something that people should definitely like, because like busy even being like, there's something wrong with me. I bet you a bunch of people who got don't have their shit together told you that there was something wrong with you. Told yeah. you your feelings were invalid. A bunch of men. A think? bunch of men, right? <laughs> and I bet you when you were like, Hey man, I don't fucking like that. They were like, "What's wrong with you?" And it's like, "What's wrong with me? Um, You're doing shit I don't like." <laughs> I'm thinking of one man in particular. Like, I get mad about something that someone I don't even know said to busy one. <laughs> like, yes. Which thing? Which thing? The thing about my laugh being too loud. About how you'd be really beautiful oh, yeah. if you. <laughs> I'd be really beautiful if only if- I didn't talk so much. So loud. Talk so much, so loud. It's in my book. Either, same either way, it ain't got nothing. To, don't listen to me or don't be By around way, me. <laughs> he was like very like looking at me, contemplating it yeah, when he like, said it. Like, yeah. like, you know. Like he's saying something like, deep. Like it was deep. And then also that like I should be flattered by yeah. that, you know. That he gave it some that thought if, if my per- Oh, my personality was just a lot. That was what it was. My personality was just so much. Like it was like too much. Like I'm too animated when I talk. I'm too like excitable. And I, I mean, and I like fucking ate it up and like swallowed it and digested that shit and then pooped it out. And, but still like it, I took the nutrients from it. Do you know well, what I mean? Is that like, a good analogy? Yeah, you were minding your fucking business and somebody right. decided to interrupt your power because guess what? A woman who is loud and loves herself and is excited to share their ideas is detrimental to the power construct of mediocre men. Right. Yeah. You know, you could be mediocre and then a woman comes in in her full power. You can't match that. So what's the best thing you can fucking right. do is to tell them that that's too much instead of raising your vibration. And that's why so many people are getting divorced this year because a bunch of women <laughs> were sitting around with their men and they were meditating and doing yoga and fucking learning how to be on a higher vibration. And like Casey said, they the other people in their partnerships did not want to change. And that's why the fucking divorce rate went up this year yeah they were sick of that shit and also i will say that i think that the imbalance in domestic labor became unavoidable because yeah because we know that during this time of covid women regardless of whether they had jobs that previously were like outside of the house when everybody was at stay-at-home orders the women were majority of women were still bearing the brunt of the domestic labor. I should take this moment to say that the balance of domestic labor in my house, my husband does literally everything. <laughs> I know. I actually so I just want to be like I want to be upfront about that because while I'm like men want women to do uh, my husband literally does everything. Yeah, Mark like, um Mark does a vibe. lot. That's their vibe though, right? Cuz like I 
uh, invested uh, on Black Friday, I got a Dyson. I my grandmother was a housekeeper for like 46 years. So like I'm just a real clean bitch. So like it don't matter who I'm with. I'm probably going to clean it because I like shit extra clean. You're a real Monica Geller. There you go. I'm a real fucking Monica, baby. Put that turkey on my head. I will fucking clean (laughs) the hell out of a house. I woke up yesterday and I was like, I can't do much, but I will scrub this counter. That's my vibe. (laughs) (laughs) My husband just has the attitude that like. I have been doing domestic things my whole life because of like how I was raised. And then I put myself through college, like cleaning old people in the, in their golden years and like carrying children. So I think he just feels like, listen, you've done all this. You, you, very you know generous. what I mean? Sometimes it's hard to sleep. Sometimes it's hard to sleep at night. Sometimes you think it's because of the politics or 2020 or the dumpster fire. And then maybe it turns out you're just sleeping on a terrible mattress and you need to upgrade to Helix. Um, Listen, I'm serious. If you're having issues with sleeping, if your body hurts in the morning, maybe it's not that you're just getting old. Maybe it's that your mattress needs an upgrade and Helix is here to help you. Helix Sleep has a quiz. It takes two minutes to complete. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress that's made for someone else? It's not a one-size-fits-all proposition here, getting a mattress. And with Helix, you're getting a mattress that you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Everybody's unique. Helix knows that. There are lots of different mattresses to choose from. They have soft and medium and firm mattresses. Personally, I do firm. Shocking. I always thought I was like a soft mattress lover. Turns out I'm not. Firm mattresses are better for me. My body doesn't hurt when I wake up now. Um, They have mattresses that are great for cooling you down if you sleep hot and even a Helix Plus mattress for plus size folks. So... I took the quiz. I love quizzes. Anyway, I have had such a renewed sense of sleep. And in fact, I was just thinking about this yesterday because I was talking to my mom and she said that she was having her, her hip was hurting when she wakes up in the morning. She needs to upgrade her mattress. It's time. I'm going to get her a Helix mattress is what I'm going to do. I just, this just came to me right now as I'm talking to you. Um, Also, we love seeing your unboxing videos from so many of you who also got the Helix mattress of your dreams shipped on over to you. So if you're looking for a mattress, you need to start off 2020 on the right foot slash mattress. Take the quiz, order the mattress you're matched to, and the mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. You don't even need to go to a mattress store ever again. It's awesome, but you don't have to take my word for it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Just go to helixsleep.com slash best, take the two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They're even going to pick it up for you if you don't love it, but don't worry about that because you will. I promise. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattresses and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash best. That's helixsleep.com slash 
best for up to $200 off and two free pillows. So go get your sleep on. And I'm serious. You want, you need to, we need to like all just get into 2021 and we need to wake up fresh and invigorated and ready. And Helix Sleep is going to help you do that. Um, Okay, before we, I want to just real quick, before we like move on to some year end stuff that I want to discuss. Shintira, I I do want to know what you're taking from this year. Uh, What I am taking is kind of exactly what you were talking about, Busy, is that there uh, is nothing wrong with me, which sounds weird, but uh, that um, my gut instinct is usually right, especially when it concerns me. And that's like not just like my body, but like my mental state. Like in March, I was like, America is too wild. I need to up my uh, meetings with my therapist. Uh, my body didn't, I wasn't comfortable. And I was like, what is the root of this? And I ended up getting a breast reduction surgery. Um, as far as work goes, like I've been pretty fortunate, but like I've turned down some stuff because it just wasn't, I didn't want to do it. So I think that there, as I go into this new year, this 2020 is hard for everybody, but listening to my body in my like emotional emotional state everything like believing that I'm right about what's best for me truly following my gut about what would make my me as a person better feel better and I've been right about it so I'm going to take that into 2021 really listening to me because I've known myself the longest and I'm right <laughs> I'm right about that. me I'm right about me <laughs> I'm right about me is on the next merch drop just yeah. somebody write it down <laughs> yeah i'm right about me i'm bad about me yeah i'm right, I'm about, right me. about me and i think that is for all of us we've all been we've spent so much of our time our whole lives being like well this is how i feel about me but everybody else tells me that's not right that's not the way to feel you're doing it wrong and i'm like wait a minute i'm me how are you gonna tell me that this is wrong <laughs> so i think yeah <laughs> It goes back to what we we're just talking about. Like, you know, usually men telling women, like, here's what I think about you. Here's how I see yeah. you. It's funny because I had a thing this week where somebody was like, said, you know, people telling you who you are. Like somebody was like, you're so nice. You're so... And I was thinking about it and I was like, yeah, that really is like, I feel like that is my identity. But then I was thinking about it and like feeling like I, I'm actually an asshole a decent amount of the time. (laughs) But then I was thinking of the instances where I was remembering this time when I was on the train and I was putting makeup on and this guy sat down next to me and he was like, you know, you're pretty. You don't need to wear all the makeup. And I was like, and I don't know why, but in that moment I was like, actually you could use some makeup. (laughs) Like I think that you should, you could use a little. And he was like, oh my God, that's so mean. That's so uncalled for. And I was like, no, you sitting down and telling me what I should do with my face was uncalled for. I literally did not call for it. All I was doing was responding to your uncalled for unsolicited comment about me just minding your fucking business minding (laughs) your business the man has something to say yes so the times that i am a dick 
is usually like um, if my husband's making like too much noise with a spoon in a bowl, <laughs> which I just was this morning. <laughs> but uh, the second time that I'm usually a dick is when someone is telling me who I am and what they think about me. And like my response is usually what would what gave you the idea that I gave a fuck <laughs> what you thought about me? What was it? <laughs> Like, I'm genuinely curious what made you think that I would give a fuck what you think about I love me. that. Can we incorporate that in the 2020? Yeah. I would, love, I would love to be like, I want to know because I want to make sure I never do it again. <laughs> I want I want to know. I just would love to know why. Well, that's also like the confidence of a man to never have met you, to never have met you or to have met you a few times and to be like, I have something that will help the personality that you have developed over the course of your three decades being on the planet. <laughs> and it's like, you just met me and you can improve this? How? It's literally <laughs> on a par with like when a, when a cat brings you something they killed thinking that you're going to love it. Yes. And I'm like, you're literally like a Guys, cat bringing me a dead squirrel. To bring it back to Gina and the dead bird wing. <laughs> She thought she had won a prize. She thought she was like bringing us a treat for our entire family to enjoy. Why are the human? Why are the humans responding like this? Why is my mom screaming? I don't get it. Screaming um, means she's happy. Oh God, you guys, Gina, I'm so so obsessed with Gina. I love her so much. Um, okay, so guys, I feel like. Also, it's the full moon in Cancer, you know. So Ooh, this is our baby. The power we have. This is the, the power. power we have. The power the we power. have. We're moving <laughs> right into. Now. But right like now, at, we're moving as a Cancer. We're moving out of chaos and into more power. Yeah, and we're shedding, shedding, yes. letting go, letting go, moving forward, guys. Yes, moving forward. We love astrology. <laughs> Leave the baggage behind. Take what you need. Leave the rest. Say goodbye. And let's move, move forward. Yes. Um, this is, you know, we could talk like all fucking day, but just real quick, yeah. we do have to talk about a few like pop culture-y, like who did their best this year? Do you Ooh. feel like pop culture wise and who did their worst? Well, I got to say, I, I don't think Alaria Baldwin did. Alar is it Alaria? That's how you pronounce it? Hillary? I believe You mean so. Hillary? Hillary. Hillary Thomas? <laughs> Guys, Hillary Haywood Thomas. What a wild journey. Um, I can't... I don't even know where to start. That spliced together footage of her early days doing the accent when she literally says, how do you say English? And she cuts herself off from saying English. But she says, how do you say English? Mm, cucumber you know like this it is that that has been a what that was a wild end to this year I didn't see it coming I didn't know anything about it um until it broke it is uh again not surprising and it's so wild that like also the one thing that I saw online was like what's Alec Baldwin doing like did he think did he know did he think he married like a oh Spaniard God. Do you know what it reminded me of? Do you guys remember that guy that was on um, 
the show with my friends, The League. And he had that story about how he was the in 9-11. And he yeah. told it in interviews and like told it all the time. And he was married to a woman who was with him like in 2001 and knew that it was not real, that the story was made <gasps> right. up. And she like just, I guess, would go along, like went along with it. Like, how do you not look at somebody, even if you fucking love them? So even if they make you come so hard, guys, I, you know what I mean? Because ultimately, <laughs> like at the end of the day, maybe that's probably that's what it yeah, is, right? That's all it's about. Um, yeah. How do you not see someone like lying and say, Hey, babe, we got to talk about this. Also, like, you know, I love a lady scammer. They're my favorites. But one of the (laughs) things that got me was, like, the audacity. Because, like, it's one thing if you're, like, literally from Europe and you come to America and you're like, I'm about to make some shit up. I mean, everybody came to Ellis Island and was like, I got a new last name, bitch. Like, come over here. Do your thing. She's just in New England surrounded by affluent white people like if there's one thing I know affluent white people will snitch on your ass so like you just like went to like a bunch of fancy schools and didn't think none of those ladies was gonna snitch on you well she did change her to be fair she did change her name so she didn't change her face she didn't change her face maybe she thought right didn't she just made me think of like why why what was the motivation Uh, for it was to build a brand that's oh, right. Yeah. I think 100%. To, to build a brand or like not feeling special yes. enough or just, you know, which is wild because like, you know, for f- everything we can tell, she had like a lovely life and her husband does love her. And so it's just like, it's such a weird thing. But the weirdest thing to me is that it happened in the, within the internet age. Yeah. Because like I was a researcher for the Rosie O'Donnell show and I would research like Mike Douglas or whatever and learned that like through the course of like magazine interviews like he never knew microfiche was going to be invented so he was like shaving years off of his age at like progressively you know but he never knew that there was going to be technology to go back and check it but I it's very weird and I was wondering if like because like actors like lie for a living Mm -hmm. but is she an actor or what no, but I'm For saying him. like maybe that's why yeah. Alec went along with it where like where being like a great storyteller is rewarded, like being a character is rewarded. Maybe he was just like, eh, she's just doing a thing. Like it's pretty hard. But they had four so kids. Whatever. Like the thing about me that's always interesting. I, I mean, like I'm just thinking like, do those kids think they're Spanish? Like, do they think they are Spaniards? Like, Well, I'm unclear about the timeline though. By the time she got with, Alec had she dropped the accent because there is definitely like the early days of her trying to be like an influencer on those morning shows where the accent is like so egregious and then she like is like hey I'm here and I have a really great yoga thing that we can all do like (laughs) like which presumably is also not her real voice um (laughs) oh my god do you think she knows what her real voice is I don't I think some people don't you know what I mean yeah it's interesting well you know Paris Hilton for years had this like that Paris Hilton voice Mm -hmm. and like now she's sort of speaking in her like real adult voice and people are like what but yeah obviously like if you thought about it of course that baby talk voice wasn't Paris Hilton's or I think about Britney Spears 
too. And like, that's, there's like a lot to, that's, we don't have time for that guys here we don't. right now. But, <laughs> but I, but just vocally, I think about what has been sort of perpetrated on her and how she's maintained it. And actually, I know I'm not really supposed to talk about Girls 5 ever. One of Hollywood Reporter's most anticipated shows of 2021, <laughs> yeah. according to the article today. Yay. And I watched the Bel Air preview and it looks fucking amazing too. That was... Wait, is right. it a new... Did they, wait, the one I told you about? Yes. Yeah, yes. no, it's for the... They're making the... The dark show. Yeah, the dark for so that good. guy. It's yeah. so good. It's, yeah, it's going to be amazing. Anyway, um... But one of the things that I felt so strongly, I do like this really, I am doing like this voice thing in the show and I wanted to have a character who has like just that much more of a layer between herself and the world because she like kind of can't deal with where she's at, you know? And like figuring out when you drop it and like when it goes away and like what those real moments are and I think like it's an interesting thing that again gender lines women oftentimes get fucking backed into a thing with their voices you know where they're like cry people are mm -hmm. like I have a friend who like literally sounds like a valley girl but she's like a genius (laughs) and like uh it sounds fake and she has been like told to be like stop talking like that and she's like i have a master's degree from georgetown why (laughs) you figure out how to listen to this and i'm like you're right but like even if she like wasn't like a genius like you could be the dumbest bitch in the world like this is the way my voice sounds like it's not my fault that america decided that the way women talk is bad (laughs) yeah it's really it's I mean, it's such an interesting conversation because there's like women not getting respect for the way their voice literally sounds. And then there's women who are making choices about the way their voice sounds. And I I guess like probably getting a great deal more respect than a lot of women using their natural voices. And then there's Alaria Hillary, who's just like, I'm going to talk with an accent I've made up and invent a backstory that's not really accurate so that I can... Let me ask you, let me ask you a question. Have you ever faked an accent just for like fun, like checking into a hotel or something? No, but when I was in high school and like maybe freshman year in college, I used to do like a British accent all the time when I would go to like the coffee plantation in Tempe (laughs) and I would pretend that I was from London, like a, yeah, like a, British girl from London, um, which like now is like so something Birdie does. And I just don't even know how I birthed out myself. It's the craziest <laughs> thing. Um, but did anyone like ever call you on it? Some or people would be like, like really? that's not your, that's that I don't believe you. And I'd be like, well, I don't know what to tell you. You know, like whatever my like dad like kid. But, oh my God. But speaking of which, wait, did we talk about this? That I went on Access Hollywood no access live a couple weeks ago like three weeks ago I had to do an interview on access live for this thing I was doing and um they fucking were like we have a surprise for you and I was like okay and they played literally the very first interview I had 
I ever did. Whoa. And it was on, I think it was the pilot of Freaks and Geeks. I don't even think we were shooting this series yet. I think it was the pilot of Freaks and Geeks. And I started to cry because first of all, I was such a baby, first of all. My voice sounds nothing like my voice now. Like I was a <laughs> child. And I guess, you know, like, you know, like when you're like 12 or something and then you're, and then you're graduating from high school and you think back to when you were 12 and when you were 12, you thought you were like so big. Yeah. And but then, you're a baby. But you're a baby. Then you look back and you're like, oh my God, I was such a baby. This was like, in my head, I know 19 years old was a long fucking time ago. Yeah. I get it. But <laughs> in my head, I was an adult. And then yeah. I see this like child giving this dumb interview to access Hollywood with this totally different voice and saying that, I mean, I can't, we got to, you guys, I asked them to send it to me because I really wanted to like, Dissect I would it. post it <laughs> if I could get, if I could get a hold of it. It is so wild. Also wild that I've probably done Access Live or Access Hollywood or whatever like 4,000 times in the last 22 years. And this is the first I've ever, they've ever like pulled this <laughs> out of the vault. Like how long have they, ha I mean, they've had this the whole time. Why did it take so long for me to find, like for me to see it? But it is so wild. And I, and my voice, specifically my voice is so different. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, I would, I'm going to get it. I'm going to so track funny. it down. That's really funny. I, I sometimes will go or someone will send me like on Twitter bits that I did on Letterman when I was in my early 20s. And I think that I sound exactly the same. I have not matured at all since that true? Like age 20, 22. I don't know about that. I'm yeah. sure my voice has changed because I also had like a really bad lisp when I was younger. <laughs> so like I had to like uh, relearn a bunch of stuff and then yeah so uh, I'm sure my voice sounds different but it sounds better now because I told you that story right about how I decided to take my um, speech therapy seriously I told you that right like no, no I don't think you ever okay did. so uh, but you know I also had a lisp uh, I, I love it. Me as well. Wait, I did. What? I mean, I, it's really yeah. hard to get rid of. I was going to speech therapy since I was like kindergarten. I was like, I'm going to keep this lisp. I'm the boss of me, whatever. And then we went to a museum on a field trip and the news, WCTV Tallahassee, did an interview of some of the kids as we walked around the museum. And I was going to be on the news, which is a big deal for any local child. So yes. then... <laughs> At five o'clock that night, I was home from my field trip and I was like, I'm going to be on TV. Let's fucking watch this. And then I watched my interview and I sounded terrible. Aww. I was like, oh, my gosh, is this how I sound? I was like, this lisp, you guys were underselling. This is very bad. As soon as I go to speech therapy this week, we're going to really lock this in. And then a year later, I was lisp free. Oh, I mean, that's my <laughs> Again, everything connected, but I was thinking about my son. My older son also had a lisp as a kid inherited from me. And what he was obsessed with witches, which is one of my regrets as a parent, is that when he was very little, I talked him out of dressing in a witch dress for Halloween oh, no. because I didn't want him to have to answer a million questions Aww. about why a boy it's one of my biggest regrets and I feel like I apologize to him like 
every year at Halloween. Like, I'm sorry that I did that. Then there's a whole other story connected to the witch dress that I don't know if we have time for. But he was interviewed after a hayride on Halloween in the year that he was very obsessed with witches. And he had his little lisp. And he was just like out of his mind. Like he just was like, there's like witches and there's three triples. Like there's there's three triples. Can you believe it? Triples. And like he was just going on and on about. I think he was talking about triplets. Yeah. Like he thought that there were three witches that were triplets. And he was like, I mean, like if viral videos had been a thing then he would have definitely been like the viral <laughs> kid du jour but then I just remember the local anchor like when they cut back from the tape he was like get that kid some sugar <laughs> oh my god oh no oh I hate that I hate that they were like judging him yeah uh, but I remember him watching it and being like I'm gonna have to work on my making sense in public <laughs> Okay, wait. So here's here's who I want to say um, I think has like done their best this year, celebrity wise. Ooh. Okay, because okay. I have a I have a little bit of a list. Okay, mm. okay. I think that Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have oh, done their best. Yeah, they got the fuck out. They are making their own path. I think they're going to do good yeah. things, and I hope they make a lot of money. Same. <laughs> I think that Gabrielle Union has done her best. Yeah. Yes. Um, and Dwayne Wade also done his yeah. best. The two of them together yes. doing their doing best. Doing their best. Yes. They've been like a really beautiful example of like parents but also mm -hmm. a really important example of good parenting in the black community because we yes. are um mean to gay people <laughs> and we have a um we have a history of like especially coming from like the church of being like very open to everyone except for queer people and i think that they like there's no one more beautiful than gabrielle and there's no one more like cool and like professional basketball player -y than like you can't get any cooler couple and they are doing the fucking work and really sending an example in the black community so hell yeah to them um i yes all of that um <laughs> i think that harry styles is doing his fucking best yeah i agree um, i think so too yeah when we talk about gender he's, he's and trying yep, to smash gender. he's trying to do it all and honestly i'm a very big fan right now yeah and also just like having excellent humor and he's just so subtle is that a weird thing to say about Harry Styles? <laughs> kind of, but I love it. Uh, but like, I'm just saying, he's just so casually like, I'm doing this thing. Yeah. And like, I assume you're, if you care about me, you're gonna think it's cool. And if you don't, that's cool too. I think he but I don't is care. minding his business. I mean, like, I think he is yes. actively like, I don't think he's like, I'm gonna wear this dress and I'm gonna influence generations. I think he's like, that sounds cool. I'm gonna do it. And then like, we get to be like participants in him minding his business <laughs> yes and extra shout out because him wearing that strawberry dress made me go back and look at like remember when like brad pitt yeah. posed in a dress mm -hmm. and patrick swayze wore a mm -hmm. dress and he looked so beautiful that picture of patrick swayze in like is it like a little black dress and he's doing like a ballet yes. pose with a dog at his feet it just made me think of like 
a lot of guys have been trying to do this for a long time mm-hmm. to be like being a woman isn't an insult and it's doing something feminine yeah. isn't an insult. And like, you know, these are like the coolest guys. I a hundred percent concur, which is why he's on my <laughs> doing his best celebrity edition list. Um, I feel like I have an, Oh, Kamala. I think oh, Kamala yes. Harris doing her so best. Great. I think. And her whole family, her whole family, yeah. Doug, you know, I love Doug. I, I love Doug. Doug, Doug the kids, yeah. me, Mina, Mina, her niece. Love. Her niece. Doing her best. Just, I feel like we got like a whole great family and it's been a long time since we've had like a whole great family. And I'm, yeah, really I'm excited. excited about Doug. I think he's just going to be like a fun Jewish dad. Um, <laughs> I am too. Jill and Joe Biden yes. uh, doing their best. Um in a stepping up in a way. Yeah. Here's somebody that I think has done their best. Kendrick Sampson. He is real hot and he's on it and he's on insecure. <laughs> you know, he's on the insecure and he oh, has like green eyes. He's and the he's, one. And, oh yes. He's and the he's one like who gets all the, so, the social justice activists from. Yeah. Insecure. And he's, yes, a, yes, and he yes. like, and during black lives matter, I feel like he's really like taken this, incredible position of of like leadership um in terms of like helping to you know, I know motivate about, people yes. and I I just like am I'm a fan and uh and I really like him and I like the work that he has done and I find him to be inspiring yeah he's great and also he's very hot also you guys I could he's very hot <laughs> it's really not that that's you know it's not his fault not, it's not uh kiki palmer oh yeah uh, doing her uh, best kiki. doing yes. her best this year this year kiki she is just has so wildly funny i need her like a i need to work with her that's like kind of a goal for me that i'm putting out there kiki if you're listening <laughs> even if she just comes on the podcast maybe that could be like working with her but she's just someone who is so consistently and naturally funny mm-hmm. that it is wild to me that she's not 10 times bigger of a star than she is. Yeah. But what's amazing about Kiki is that I do feel like she's just kind of like doing what she fucking wants to do. Yeah. And, and yeah. that in and of itself is as we discussed on this podcast, you know, what is it? What does it mean? What does all of it mean? Like she seems very content with her life and and I want her to be. Maybe she's got like some freedom in terms of, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I love her. Kiki Palmer, I definitely think has been doing her best this year. Selfishly, I'd like to see her in more. Yeah. I guess that's a better In Hustlers, she was so it. funny. And then I'm excited. I think there's going to be like a True Jackson VP uh, uh, reboot, uh, which I think is fun. And I don't think you guys watched that show, but I did. And I'm, I think it'll be good. No, I watched it was True fun. Jackson. I watched and the, the Proud Family yeah. as well. Oh, yeah, because she's going to be on the Proud Family. So she's booked. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I mean, definitely she's booked. Um, I, I just... Is there anyone else that you guys want to add? I mean, a lot of people did their best. I mean, shout know? out to our sponsors yeah. today, the creators of Soul. Uh, I think you guys <laughs> really, really did yeah. a well. Not just Pixar. There's um, there's like a black guy who like was his idea. So like, well, shout, shout out, out to him. Yeah, uh, shout out to um, people who like allowed that type of art to be made. 
Like, as someone yes. who wrote on a reboot, like, obviously, re- reboots are really popping right now. But I think that it's really cool that, like, when I see that movie, I think about all the times that I've been told no. And now I'm like, oh, that's not true. Because this is the type of movie that if you're a writer or an artist and you watch it, you can see how many people would have said no to that. And look what mm-hmm. happened when someone said yes. So I think shout out to the people who like let this movie happen because Pixar also, you have to invest a lot of time in it. Like obviously they started in 1999. Uh, but I think that it's really cool that to watch that movie and be like, oh, also like the guy who uh, Jamie Foxx plays isn't like some like sexy cartoon. It's like this. Do you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> yeah. this yeah. regular black man got his story told by the biggest fucking studio like in the world. And like so many yes. creatives have stories like that and they're told no. But like, guess what? Everybody loves that fucking movie. So like, don't listen to your haters. And by the way, I love Jamie Foxx so much because again, so naturally funny, but also like a wildly gifted actor, but also like a really talented musical performer. Yeah. Like it's very Ho- Hollywood break. Uh, yeah, I was I was going to say Hollywood break. He went to Juilliard. So it's a pretty good chance he played a lot of that that piano himself. Oh, wow. And shout out to my friend Graham Norton was Mm -hmm. uh, one of the voices in the movie. Our friend Tina Fey was one of the voices in the movie. My friend Kira played the French horn on some of the soundtrack. So I was just very excited all around. Um, Well, and I just feel like there's a lot of people that have done their best this year, including the three of us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) This year started in a way that... I could not have fucking predicted that this is where we would be right now in this Absolutely moment. Absolutely not. I mean, there's no. just... I mean, obvi- if <laughs> if anyone had predicted anything, we might have been a slightly better off. <laughs> well, I mean, technically the Obama administration did have in place. True. So, yeah. I mean, people have predicted that there's gonna there would be like a pandemic at some point. A but there's a pandemic. bunch of racists who voted for an idiot. So there you have it. yeah i mean there's a lot to say we could like continue on but at this point i feel like maybe we should let you go everybody and think about your own your own year your own life um reflect on that who 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 do you think did their best this year you should you can email us or comment or i don't even fucking know how to podcast work guys um (laughs) (laughs) But I'm really glad, I have to say, like, I don't know. I didn't know that this is where I would be here in New York, having sold my house in Los Angeles, the place I'd live for ever, longer than anywhere else. And here, doing this podcast with you too, I, I'm so grateful for so many things this year. It's been undeniably difficult in so many, so many, so many, so many, so many different ways. But at the end of this year, with this full moon and cancer rising, I feel grateful and hopeful. And I'm going to leave some fucking bullshit behind. (laughs) And I'm just going to walk 
very calmly and quietly into 2021. Yeah. That's it. I think it's I think it's very wise. I just don't want to put any expectations on anything. I have nothing. I have no I just, expectations. You know, I think what we have learned in this year is literally anything could happen. Oh my God. Wait, you, know, you guys, it, like, I just pulled my gratitude cards out. And the one that flipped up and here it is. This is what, these are these cards that somebody gave me of like, whenever you have an issue, you can't feel like there's anything to be grateful for. You're like supposed to pull one of these, you know, like an angel card or like some yeah. shit like that. Yeah. Here's the one that just flipped up. We've sometimes been surprised by how things turned out. Yeah. Good surprises, good surprises and bad surprises. Literally anything could happen. So for better or for worse. But I think that when we're talking about the pandemic, we're saying like people said this could yeah. happen, but nobody really thought it would yeah. happen. But now we see that it happened. And so it really fucking sucks. And we've lost a lot of people and our friends have all lost people and people have, people have lost a lot. But if I'm going to take any lesson from it, it's that anything really could happen. And, but that also means that good things could happen. Yeah. Well, here's to good things happening Yay. in 2021. And here's to leaving behind some shit that you don't need anymore. Moving forward, everyone. And um, and we'll see you next year. <laughs> Busy literally under her. I desk dropped right one now. of the cards. I had to get it, but um, I have to go get a COVID test right now. So I'm I'm off. Oh, okay. To go get a swab up my nose. And, Happy New Year, um, everyone! Guys, I love you. I'm so glad you've joined us. This has been like a real highlight of. This year, which isn't saying much, but <laughs> that's a joke. But we love that's you. That's a joke. It's a joke. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just been such a shit show. <laughs> like, even the highlights are like, wah, wah. Um, but we love you and I and be safe and stay safe and take care of yourself and each other. And uh, and we'll see you next year. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing my best. Oh, no.